This is the best of the current noise. I'm Francis Watts. The current noise. Top stories for today. Jimmy Fallon has a temporary new house band this week while the Roots are on a worldwide tour. Their replacement is Montreal-based experimental post-rock band Godspeed, You Black Emperor. The band, mostly known for intense long songs, see it as an opportunity to introduce themselves to new fans. Here's a bit from last night's show. A little business news here. I read that the founder of Chipotle is stepping down as CEO. And like everyone leaving Chipotle, he grabbed a thousand free napkins on the way out. I read that uh, California wants to ban self-driving cars from delivering weed. <laughs> Partly due to safety issues, but mostly because they're worried it'll freak out the customers. So I was like, who's driving the car? Are you an alien? Take me to your dealer. It's actually the fastest anyone with an unlimited pasta pass has ever moved. Wow. I got one. License, registration, and Stetson. That's what a police officer will be saying if you're pulled over in Texas next year. The State House passed a law that said if you're pulled over, you must present your license, registration, and you must be wearing a Stetson. People used to wear hats when they drove, said Governor Greg Abbott. Now we're making it the law. When asked if any other hats would suffice, the governor responded very angrily, no, cowboy hats, Stetsons, whatever, big hats, big hats, big hats. And then he left. A New York public school tried to do a fun thing last week when they invited baseball legends Mark McGuire and Rafael Palmero to be substitute teachers for a day. It did not go well. Students recorded on their phones erratic behavior by the baseball legends. Here's audio of Mark McGuire refusing to teach a U.S. history class. I'm not here to talk about the past. They moved him to a math class where the subject was negative numbers, to which he responded, I'm here to talk about the positive and not the negative. Lastly, it didn't go much better for Rafael Palmero, who opened up his 11th grade English class by shouting, Let me start by telling you this. I have never used steroids, period. The school has released a statement saying, we will never be doing this again. Saturday Night Live has announced the first few hosts for the new year, and one comes as a surprise. The second show of the new year will be hosted by none other than senior United States Circuit Judge Gerard Lynch. According to sources, Lynch doesn't have a comedy background, but he can do an impression of fellow senior circuit judge Ralph Winter. Judge Lynch will only be the second judge to ever host the long-running sketch comedy program. The first, of course, was Chief Justice William Rehnquist in 1993, when he got banned from the show when he famously broke character in the middle of a sketch and told Kevin Nealon to fuck off. A man in Missouri stopped his year-long hunger strike yesterday. He had never revealed why he was on the hunger strike until yesterday, 
when he revealed he would not eat until Nelson Mandela was released from prison. When it was explained to him that not only had Mandela been released from prison, and had been elected president of South Africa, and had passed away a beloved statesman and public figure, the man replied, fuck. He's now at a Buffalo Wild Wings. Last week we gave you, the listeners, a series of puzzles and brain teasers to solve. Here are the answers. Riddle 1. The doctor is a man. Riddle 2. You're actually Susan. 3. A circle has no corners. 4. A barrel. 5. You're still Susan. 6. When you erase all the lines, episode 1, The Phantom Menace, is the only possible film it could be. And Riddle 7, Bazingas. And finally, please be on the lookout for former police frontman and award-winning artist Sting. He was last seen with his loot, going from house to house, regaling people with songs from John Dowland, a composer from the 15 and 1600s. Witnesses have reported that he's trying to get on live podcasts to get it. Uh-oh. Hi, Sting. I mean, it's, it's good, but... We're in the middle of the show. Like, can you do it outside or? To see, to hear, to touch, to kiss, to die with thee again in sweetest sympathy. So, so is that it? Are you, are you done? Okay. All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna close the door. Those were today's top stories. So you're gonna be doing that the whole time, or or what? Um, okay. To sports now, where our reporter Chip DeNero looks into one of the biggest stories in college football today. College football is arguably the most popular sport in the country. Schools like Alabama, Ohio State, and USC are as popular as many professional teams. But a small Division III school in Georgia, Chattahoochee State University, has gained the attention of the sports world. Chattahoochee State won the Division III championship, but the headline after the game was less about the championship and all about head coach Bud Jockman. Coach Jockman, you just won your first national championship. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, I'm just so proud of these guys. You know, it's it's been a long time for our program, and... We worked really hard all season to get here, and I can't tell you how happy I am, Bill. All right, a very happy Coach Bud Jockman. I'm so hard right now. With one sentence, Coach Jockman became the center of a media frenzy. Those five words, I'm so hard right now, ended up on every sports page, talk radio show, and TV Sports Network. Um, I have none other than to say good riddance. He deserves to be gone. That's why this creep coaches in Division Three. Oh, gee, that's disgusting. I'd never let my kids play with a coach like that. People were upset. Coach Jockman held a press conference to explain himself. I apologize to everyone I offended. Uh, that was certainly not my intention. Uh, we just would never won a championship here before so I I was just so you know you get you get pumped up (laughs) blood starts flowing I got a boner I didn't know it was gonna happen it just happened and 
I'm look, I'm hard right now, and it's just because I got nerves. It's got nothing sexual about it. There's nothing sexual. Once again, the media exploded. Um, I have none other than to say good riddance. He deserves to be gone. That's why this creep coaches in Division Three. Oh, gee, that's disgusting. I'd never let my kids play with a coach like that. While Coach Jockman was criticized, some people in the scientific community spoke out in his defense. Arousal of reproductive organs in humans is not always caused by sexual desire. That's Dr. Gina Standers, a sports scientist and doctor of the human body. Coach Jockman suffers from something called penile erection neurological involuntary syndrome. Once again, Coach Jockman held a press conference to explain himself. Oh, uh, thank you everybody for being here uh, again. Look, I, I just want to apologize for my uh, my poorly worded apology at last week's press conference. Uh, so, you know, I saw a doctor. Um, it turns out I, I have a... Uh, disorder. It's called uh, penile erection neurological involuntary syndrome. Uh, basically, adrenaline rushes through our bodies in high pressure situations and it brings with it a slew of different physiological reactions. Now, for someone who suffers from Coach Jockman's condition, this often leads to a non sexual erection. When this occurs, blood doesn't flow to my penis, uh, adrenaline does. I, you know, I'm. I'm basically in pain from below the waist. Uh. The volume of adrenaline that someone with penile erection neurological involuntary syndrome experiences uh, can cause a, a large amount of hysteria and anxiety in the person experiencing it. Particularly in this climate, I know this might seem like a story, but look, I, I'm not one of those people. And if you're someone like Coach Jockman, that amount of stress can lead you to say things that can be considered dumb. I understand y'all in the media, you have a job to do. You know, y'all gonna take this thing, you're gonna rub it up, make it all big and hard. Maybe catastrophic. Turn it into a whole big hard thing. Perhaps even the exact opposite of the right thing to say. Till it, it just explodes all over everybody, okay? And then it's a huge mess. Okay, so, uh, oh, crap. As the debate continues, Coach Jockman has lost his endorsement deal with Waffle House, and he's also been pulled from the board of directors of his boat rental business, Bud's Boats. To cap it off, Coach Jockman's black-and-white documentary about his Hall of Fame father's coaching career, I Love You, Daddy, has also been shelved. Coach Jockman remains coach at Chattahoochee State University. He's tough, and as he put it, pulling out is not an option. Wow, he really is bad at this. The Current Noise is a proud member of the New York Podcast Alliance. And when you're a part of that alliance, you give some of your podcasting time to the other shows in the alliance. Here is one of our more popular podcasts, The ASMR Den, with Glenn and Tina. It's The ASMR Den, with Glenn and Tina. Hey, what's up, Glennheads? It's me, your boy, Glenn, not coming to you from The ASMR Den, because guess what? I've been betrayed. Okay, Tina... My girlfriend, my co-host, is jumping ship 
and going solo. It's fucking bullshit, guys. But whatever, I'm in the garage now. I'm just trying to blow off some steam. And you know what? The show must go on, okay? So, so let's do this. Let's see what we got here. Okay, okay, looks like we got a hammer and a bunch of two-by-fours. Okay, yeah. How about that, huh? Yeah, you like that? You like that, Tina, huh? to celebrate. A few weeks ago, we announced the Current Noise Teen Reporter Contest, where we allowed teens to submit their own news stories. However, we quickly found out that no teens listen to this show, except for high school sophomore Beth Cohn, who is our only entry and therefore the winner. Here is her story. Horses. Majestic, strong, the most beautiful creature to ever walk the earth. If you love horses even close to as much as I do, you're in the right place. Welcome to Of Horse I Can. I'm Beth Cohn, high school sophomore and self-taught horse expert. Why do I love horses so much? They're smart, pretty, and overall, really good people. Can I share my love of horses with you? Of course I can. Here are some facts about horses. horses. Horses can sleep both lying down and standing up. Horses, horses can't vomit. Horses. Ponies are just small horses, but pound for pound, they're stronger. Pony. The band Band of Horses isn't actually made up of horse performers, but wouldn't it be cool if it was? Of course it would be. we're warmed up with a few horse facts, let's talk about what horses can do for you. There are lots of jobs you can do on a horse, which brings us to horse jobs. <laughs> horse job. Veterinarian. Veterinarians take care of all animals, including horses. Horse job. Horse police. A policeman who rides a horse. Horse job. Professional horse rider. Professional horse riders ride horses professionally. Horse job. <laughs> In order to be able to do a horse job, you have to be able to ride a horse. Which brings me to our final segment, Riding Horses with my dad, Jeff Cohn. Hey, Dad, can we do the, um, Dad, Dad, can we do the horse thing? Beth, Beth, please, I, I don't want to talk about horses. That's my dad, Jeff Cohn. He knows all about riding horses. Fine. Just read this. Fine. Mm-hmm. I'm Jeff Cohn, horse riding expert. Horses are special creatures. I love their manes and tails, which is why I promised to get Beth horse lessons. Wait, Beth, I don't promise that. Also, it's not called horse lessons. A lot of you may not know that horse lessons are actually called horseback riding lessons. Horse fact! And it may surprise you to find out that despite all I know, I've never had one. That's right. I've never even been in the same room as a horse. All of my horse information has been found on Google. And that's A-OK, even if your dad can't afford your horse lessons. Oh, 
I mean horseback riding lessons, doesn't mean you can't love horses. Google horses all day and listen to me, Beth Cohen, tell you all about them. Tune into Of Horse I Can next time when we'll take a look at some famous horses and I'll tell you how to draw horses all over your school notebook. Beth, are you going to put this online again? Of course I am. Horses, 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 horses. Running in all directions, wild things shining. Silver studs with their nose in flames. He saw horses. Thanks once again to the winner, Beth Cohn. And we'll be right back. The Current Noise is brought to you by Stickies.com. In today's busy world, who has time to buy stamps? Not you, that's who. But don't worry, the process of sending a letter or package with the correct postage is now quick and easy with Stickies. Simply go to your local post office and ask them to point you to the Stickies printing machine. If the employee isn't sure what you mean, be insistent. Once you've found the Stickies machine, place your letter or package on the helpful built-in scale to determine the amount of Stickies you'll need, depending on the weight and size of your letter or package. Order as many Stickies as you want. If you order more, they'll simply cost more. Once your stickies are printed, just peel off the number of stickies you need, affix them to the top right-hand corner of your letter or package, and drop it off in the nearest mailbox or any official mail shipping center. It's that easy. Stickies. Never buy stamps again. Now we turn to the past. The origins of the sport of basketball on The Past Noise. Noise. The year is 1891. The place is Springfield, Massachusetts, and Dr. James Naismith needs to invent an indoor sport to keep his students active during the cold New England winter. He loves sports and competition, but he hates wimps and nerds. So he brings out all the balls he has in a storage locker and tells the jocks, It's time to show the nerds who runs things around here. The rules were simple. If you got hit with the ball, you were out of the game. And if you were a nerd, you were also expelled from school. The jocks were destroying the nerds, until one ball hit a nerd with such force, it bounced off the nerd's head and into a peach basket above his head. That peach basket belonged to Dr. Naismith. This is where he kept his peaches to make sure the rats wouldn't get to them. The wounded nerd asked, as a half-joke, Hey, did they get any points for hitting it off me and into the peach basket? Naismith, known for his quick temper, was about to throw a ball at the nerd when he realized that might not be a bad idea. The nerds and jocks removed the peaches, and soon realized it took a lot less energy, and was a lot more fun, to just try and shoot the ball in the basket. This improvisation by the students infuriated Naismith. They've all become nerds, he cried. His fury didn't get in the way of him taking credit for this new game which we now know today as basketball. Dr. James Naismith would go on to be the first Kansas basketball coach, where he also invented illegal recruiting. This has been The Past Noise. The Current Noise is a proud member of the New York Podcast Alliance. And when you're a part of that alliance, you give some of your podcasting time to the other shows in the alliance. Here's a segment from the show... New York City Ghost Stories, where Amy, an intern at a New York City theater, gets visited by a ghost. 
It was about two years ago, and I got a job as an intern at the Carroll Churchill Theater for Good Plays. Every night I would have to close up the theater after everybody had gone home, turn off the lights and uh, do an extra sweep of the theater, whatnot. And on one particular night, I had just turned the last light off, except for, of course, the ghost light, which we leave on, which is just a light at the back of the stage that you leave on all night for the, for the theater ghost, as they say. The funny thing is, I didn't know there was an actual ghost. So I had just finished closing up, and I was about to head out and lock the door of the theater in the back when uh, the theater just became ice cold. I thought that was unusual. There were no doors open. I was very confused. And I just got this feeling like, I'm not alone. And then the ghost light at the back of the stage started flickering. So I thought, maybe it's a loose bulb or something. So I went over to check it out and see if I could screw it back in. And as I walk backstage behind the first set of curtains, I turn, and standing there is a man. And he's wearing a Civil War-style soldier's uniform. And I just said the only thing I could think of, what do you want? He gestured to a bench that was part of our set for the current production of Vinegar Tom. And I knew somehow that he meant for me to sit. So I sat on the bench and somehow on that bench was the script of a play. And I picked it up and then I turned my head and just like that, he's sitting next to me on the bench. And he said in this very raspy voice, Run lines with me. Let's run lines. And I see what I'm holding in my hand is the script of a play. And the title of the play is, Oh, What a Civil War That Was. I'm compelled to start running lines with this ghost. So we started running lines for the first scene. And my first impression was just like, Wow, this is a bad play. Like, it seemed like the play maybe was supposed to be a comedy, but it wasn't fun. It was kind of awkward. The jokes weren't landing. And he could not get past the first few lines without completely blanking. That was another thing. Whenever he messed up a line, I would have to restart the scene from the top. Again, I have to start over. Could he have just run this, like, on his own a few more times before asking somebody to go over it with him? But he didn't just make me read his cue lines. He made me read all of the other characters in the scenes. And I would have to switch voices for each character. Or else it threw him off for some reason. He needed to be able to vocally differentiate between all of the other characters that were talking when he wasn't talking, I would do whole scenes that he wasn't even in because he had to get a sense of the whole story arc from start to finish. Somehow, 
He gets through the whole thing once with no mistakes. And then he's like, Hey, would you mind uh, if I just did that one more time and you could tape it so I can have it for my reel? And that's when I left. Please don't go. And when I got back to the theater in the morning, I uh, see the theater manager coming through and uh, and I stopped her and I said, Hey, uh, the craziest thing happened to me last night. I think I saw a ghost. And she tells me, in 2011, six and a half, seven years ago, they did this play and it was called Oh, What a Civil War That Was. And the lead actor in that play was a man named Peter Kingsforth. She said, you know the Kingsforth family of the camper van fortune? And according to local legend, he was memorizing his lines late one night in the theater. And he had his script up in front of his face so he couldn't see. And uh, at some point he was so deep into his script that he missed the edge of the stage and he just stepped forward and fell off. And that's not funny, but it did remind me that, oh yeah, he did have a gaping head wound. And uh, after that, I never worked late again. The theater manager understood. I just don't have time for diva ghosts. Moving along, we go to our resident artist, Elizabeth Gilbert, author of Eat, Pray, Love, Big Magic, and The Signature of All Things, for her segment, Inspiration Instructions. Too many of us believe that creative inspiration is something that only strikes the chosen ones, that the fairy light muse graces a few privileged souls who then go on to be best-selling authors and millionaires, but that's simply not true. This is why I've joined Current Noise as resident artist, and why I'm hosting this segment, Inspiration Instructions, for all you helpless normies out there. Once upon a time, in a not-so-distant past, I was waiting tables, getting high, and keeping a dream journal, just like every one of you listening. Not anymore, of course. I wrote Eat, Pray, Love, for fuck's sake. I never have to worry about money or success ever again. Today, I'm talking to a down-home fella named Rusty, a high school janitor in the folksy town of Twinsburg, Ohio, about his long-shot dreams of becoming a full-time poet. He wrote me a message saying that he likes to spend his days lost in reverie, as he puts it, mashing together some of them words to create brain paintings of true goddamned beauty. I chose to help Rusty because he's so, so different from me and my station in life. And if Rusty, a janitor who lives in his car in Twinsburg, can receive inspiration instructions, then by goddess, so can you. Let's give him a call. Hi, up. Rusty, it's Liz Gilbert, and you're on Inspiration Instructions. Okay. How are you doing over there in Ohio? Okay. Gosh, this is so refreshing. Usually people fall all over themselves to gush about what an honor it is to meet me, their hero, but you really don't care. No, ma'am. Wonderful. So it sounds like you have a true poet's heart, but you're not sure how to take your art to the next level. Is that accurate, Rusty? Sure. Can you tell us a little bit more? Uh, I lead a real normal life, Miss Gilbert, 
and there's nothing wrong with it, but my heart feels empty done near all the time. You know that empty heart feeling? Well, <laughs> I used to feel that way, yeah. But now I can fill up the emptiness with, like, literally anything I want. I never feel empty anymore. But what about you? What's your eat, pray, love? Will you share with us your writing, Rusty? Okay. I call this trophy case. I alone unlock the trophy case. Every week I open it, my hand ready with a dusting cloth. I ponder success in all its fleeting ephemeral beauty. As lovely as an orchid's tongue and just as vulnerable to the ravages of time. Mm, just beautiful. With the cloth, I wipe away one week's worth of dust. The field hockey team is undefeated. Their trophies are my favorites, because the little figurines on top have titties. I touch them and pretend the metal titties are real ones, like on a girl. Okay, well, <clears throat> your visual imagery is- I ain't done. Oh, great. You may look into the mop bucket. All you see are its murky depths, filled with dirt and piss. A lot of that piss is mine. Okay. But I notice the negative space. There's so much we keep hidden and protected. Me? I got my guns. Wait, what? I'll start from the middle. You look into the mop bucket. No, no, no. Don't read it again. It just busts out of my brain like a bomb I constructed in my car and then set off in the girls' locker room after field hockey practice. I guess that is technically creative. Yeah, you get it, Miss Gilbert. You get me. As an advocate of creativity, I can't discourage you from your writing, but... So if you get me, why don't none of them so-called literary magazines get me, huh? I could venture a guess about that. I got one more for you, Miss Gilbert. I'd really rather... They're called labels. We all walk around wearing labels. Names and titles we've been given from birth, and sometimes from the police. Son. Brother. Janitor. Car dweller. Defendant. I've been given so many labels, I can't keep track of them all. Man. Poor person. Violator of sanitation rules, molester of sheep, threat to himself, threat to others, buckeye, volunteer arsonist, freeloader. Rusty's labels went on for five full minutes, but that's all the time we have for inspiration instructions today. I'm still here. Redneck, hero, bully, gypsy cursed. Join us next time when we call up Giuseppe Fontina, a Wyoming pizza maker who swears he'll be the next Lin-Manuel as soon as he figures out how to rhyme. Until next time, I'm Liz Gilbert. Stay inspired. We here at The Current Noise value music education for young people, which is why our correspondent Bruce Peters has released Guitar, 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 a music book for people learning to play the guitar. But it also comes with an audio CD, and here's a sample of the first two lessons. Now that you're all tuned up, you're ready for song one. Time for strings. Ready, play.
Great job. Now you're ready for song two, Scuttle Button by Stevie Ray Vaughan. Ready, play. Top stories, the past noise, the origin of basketball, and Guitar, 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 written by Matt Wassum. Hard Coach, written by Diego Martinez, and performed by Jimmy O'Connell, Diego Martinez, Matt Wassum, Sarah Cassell, and Becca Shaw. The ASMR Den with Glenn and Tina, written by Andrew Vilmier, and performed by Andrew Vilmier and Kim Ferguson Vilmier. Of Horse I Can, written by Sarah Cassell, and performed by Sarah Cassell and Diego Martinez. Stickies, written by Becca Shaw. New York City Ghost Stories, written and performed by Becca Shaw and Matt Wassum. And Inspiration Instructions, written by Kate Emsweiler, and performed by Kate Emsweiler and Diego Martinez. This has been the best of The Current Noise. We'll see you again next month. You've done enough. Have you no sense of decency, sir? At long last, have you left no sense of decency? I know this hurts you, Mr. Welch. I'll but say it may, hurts. May I say, Mr. Chairman, Mr. as a point of personal privilege, I'd like to finish this. Senator, I think it hurts you too, Senator. sir.